Hello, Beth Chase here again, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Well, again, we have the privilege of having with us Dr. Susan Rutherford, who is the medical director of 3W, and our topic today is about cervical cancer screening. But before we get into that, Dr. Rutherford, give us just a little bit more about your background. So I'm board certified in OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine, and I have worked in a variety of places, but this is my hometown area, so I've been here for quite a few years, mainly doing high-risk pregnancies, but a little bit of GYN Mm -hmm. thrown in. So you're a Seattle girl. Yes, I'm a Seattle girl. (laughs) Yes, and uh, and again, how many years have you been doing them? (laughs) I was afraid you were going to ask that. (laughs) So um, I was counting back. So I uh, graduated from medical school, and and, uh, after my residency, since my OBGYN residency, I have been uh, doing this for 38 years. (laughs) So... Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's get right into it. Okay. Let's start first with what is the cervix? That's a good question. You know, I'm so used to seeing anatomy pictures and actually seeing the cervix that, it, you know, it seems obvious to me, but <laughs> it may not <laughs> well, with 30 be years experience, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it in many its different conditions. <laughs> so the uterus uh, is basically the womb, and it sits in the female pel- pelvis, uh, connected to it are the tubes and ovaries, but the, the womb is the container for a growing pregnancy. And the lowest, lowermost part, it's sort of like um, the neck of a bottle sort of thing, it, which is usually closed, or fairly closed, is called the cervix. And it's um, a portion of the uterus that has a lot of fibrous tissue and is meant to keep a baby inside by staying closed. Sometimes the cervix will relax too easily and babies are delivered way too early. That's not good. But um, the opening of the cervix protrudes into the top part of the vagina. So by inserting a speculum, which is just a little tube-like, bivalve tube sort of structure, into the vagina, we can look up the vagina and actually see the surface of the cervix and see the opening. When people have procedures done like an IUD put in, it's put in through that opening. Um, endometrial biopsies, sampling the line of the uterus, is done through that cervix. And that cervix has a condition where on the outside it's very smooth uh, tissue. It's a very smooth covering, sort of like layers of skin, only not quite as dead as skin. And then as you just get into the opening, it changes into a glandular environment which helps produce the cervical mucus. And it's right at that connection point, right at that junction, that cells are most prone to be susceptible to developing the abnormalities that can turn into actual cervical cancer. Interesting. So is that, is that in, for an abortion, do they have to breach the cervix? Yeah, for anything. For, deliver, for, for delivery, deliver? Uh-huh. you go into labor, and uh-huh. the cervix is gradually stretched open, uh-huh. actually starting from the inside out, mm-hmm. gradually opens enough to let the baby come through. Um, for anything else, a dilatation and curatage called a DNC, um, the, the opening of the cervix is stretched um, mechanically or sometimes with some material to let it gradually relax overnight, for example, that will, uh, that will uh, stretch it. Anyway, it has to be open, it has to be 
mechanically opened in some way in order to get instruments inside, in order to remove whatever's inside, whether it be polyps or, uh, or if it's an abortion, um, anything like that. So yes. Mm -hmm. So is there any special care that a woman needs to consider in caring, in assuring that they have a healthy cervix? cervix. Well, that's an interesting question because it turns out that the most common sexually transmitted disease, sexually transmitted infection, is human papillomavirus, the HPV. And young people now are frequently aware that they got a series, often, not always, but they uh, got a series of three shots when they were in their early teens against HPV to try and reduce the chance of that virus causing harm. So, um, but since it's a sexually transmitted infection, uh, that's how you get it. And so if you are exposed to greater number of partners um, you're, uh, for, and for a longer period of time, then your risk is greater. Can we talk about that? Mm -hmm. The cervical health with multiple partners, which is fairly common in our day and age, with a lot of the patients that we see will mm -hmm. have multiple, many multiple partners. Mm -hmm. And uh, so is there an additional risk that occurs to the general health of the cervix when you have multiple partners, or does that have anything to do with it? Um, only, only the risk for the uh, this transmission of STDs, and particularly for this, and what we're talking about today, the cervical cancer risk, it's related to the HPV virus. What's very interesting is that there's an increasing incidence of cancers in the throat and the anal rectal area. And the, the reason is because of the HPV virus. And guess really? how it gets to those locations. We wow. don't have to discuss it, but... Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what this is about, talking yeah. about their hard things. How, how does that yeah. happen? Yeah, there are people having sex. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, you're at increased risk, period, with multiple partners. Mm -hmm. And if it's other than vaginal intercourse, then you're at increased risk in the rectum and in the throat, mm -hmm. too. So mm -hmm. it's, And it's very interesting. I understand that microscopically, the throat cancers are looking a lot like the cervical cancers really? and the tissue under the microscope yeah that is very interesting so. isn't it so it's the because it's the same bacteria well it's a virus it's a virus, virus. yes okay it's a virus it's, yes it's the same one okay all yeah. right so let's talk about the screening process and tell us mm -hmm. about what are the current recommendations for cervical cancer screening and just kind of the well women exams yeah okay so uh, people um, of our age <laughs> <laughs> Probably okay. remember that the that you used to have to have a pap smear every year once you became sexually active. Yes. And but but recently, as they've got better science behind the understanding of how cervical cancer develops, they realize that it takes quite a while. It takes maybe five to seven years from the time that you first notice little changes until cervical cancer is actually present. Mm -hmm. uh, and so. Uh, so you probably don't need to test every year, and thus the current national recommendations are to test, start not even start until you're age 21, regardless of how early, mm -hmm. some uh, how early a young woman started having uh, sex, um, but start testing at age 21 with Pap smears. Mm. Okay, and then if those are normal, you can test every three years. 
Once you hit age 30, if you'd like to add on screening for the presence of the HPV virus, then uh, if you add that to the pap smear and do it as a combined test, as a co-testing, then uh, if they're both normal, then you get to wait five years between uh -huh. cervical cancer screens. Okay. So many women have kind of gone to saying, okay, I'll have my well woman exam every three years or every five years. They, the problem with that is, is then you're missing sort of a general checkup because most women don't go to one doctor for their pap smear as an annual checkup and then go to somebody else for an annual checkup. Um, so you should probably go see somebody, maybe primary care annually because there are so many other health issues to be attended to blood pressure, there's obesity, which puts you at increased risk for cardiovascular disease, respiratory issues, vac keeping up with vaccinations. There are lots of things that should be attended to. So the current standard recommendations are still to get your annual doctor's checkup. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't have to always include the pap smear. I want to explain about the pap smear and about the HPV virus testing. Please do. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the pap smear is taking a little rubbing of the surface of the cervix and just in that opening where that vulnerable transformation zone exists. Um, and so you take a little rubbing from that uh, with a little brush and a little uh, paddle and um, you pick up those cells and put them in some liquid and then those go to the lab and the lab puts them on slides and looks at those cells. And cells usually go through a normal life cycle. They start out nice and fluffy and healthy, and then as they get near the surface, like of our skin, by the time they get to the surface of our skin, they're flat and dead. We all know about our flaky skin. Yes. Yeah. So on the cervix, uh, they're not necessarily dead, but they're very flat looking if they're normal. Mm -hmm. If you start to see fluffy cells, it means something's near the top that should actually be deep down. Mm. And so they look for those what I'm going to call fluffy cells, mm -hmm. uh, and if they find a lot of those, they figure, uh-oh, something's causing this cellular growth and death pattern to change. And you know, if cells never die, they keep on growing and keep on multiplying, and they really grow, that's what cancer does. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so they basically you're getting this sampling of cells from the surface of the cervix, and they're examined to see how they, have they been affected by anything. So when you start looking for the HPV virus, uh, you're actually testing that same material to see if the DNA of that virus is present. And if that's present, then what it tells is not whether anything's going wrong, but whether or not somebody's at risk for, for something to go wrong with that cellular growth pattern. So they're at increased risk. There's been discussion about doing just HPV testing instead of pap smears, but that hasn't really happened yet. Mm -hmm. And frankly, if it's me, I'd rather have both. I'd rather mm -hmm. know, first of all, hopefully that there's no HPV there, and secondly, that there's no cellular change that suggests that something's starting to go wrong. There's actually quite a long set of mild changes to more severe changes before you become in that window where you're at risk for developing cervical cancer. And so the reason for keeping up with the periodic testing as recommended is because you find these things very early when it's so simple to check more carefully. Uh, the cervix can be looked at with the magnification, something called colposcopy, um, and you can take biopsies. Sometimes the biopsy will remove whatever it is, 
uh, totally. Uh, you can do bigger biopsies, which remove it. You can, in the old days, we used to freeze the cervix. Um, I think most of the time they're actually taking it off with um, a laser excision process now. But you can still freeze the cervix, basically kill that tissue and let it grow fresh so that it has a, a good start. But doesn't that cause scar tissue? And believe it or not, it doesn't. Really? Now, removing a big portion of the cervix, that can cause, that if, for some cervix, uh, some people's cervix, that can take away enough that their pregnancy is, uh, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit of an issue. Um, in other words, is there a good strength to the cervix to stay closed and keep the baby inside oh, for the long, uh -huh. time, long term? Uh -huh. But usually you need multiple procedures. Maybe this is where having lots of dilatation and curatage is lots of DNCs. Mm -hmm. Stretching that cervix mechanically can cause some trouble. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for instance, surgical abortions can mm -hmm. do that if you have multiple procedures. So, um, anyway, so... Uh, back from the procedure, if we're looking at these cells and we're seeing minor changes, you can do something to get rid of it, to cure it, etc. The reason that the young, young women are not being uh, recommended for pap smears is because somehow the, the young bodies, like always, everything heals faster. Yes, yes. And they can actually heal from the HPV virus and it will disappear uh, to any testing. And they can heal from any early cervical, abnormal cervical changes. Now, why so they is heal that? so quickly. I guess they're just because they're young and their tissues are so healthy. Well, don't viruses kind of have an, a, a natural cycle? Well, some viruses stay there in the body permanently, like herpes viruses. Uh -huh. um, but it appears that the HPV virus can apparently go away. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, I have a so, question. Mm -hmm. If are you symptom free? Or yes. If you have. Yes. Okay. Talk you about never that. know. That's why the screening testing is important. Getting seen and having the screening testing done is because until you actually get cervical cancer that basically is so bad you're likely to die from it, um, you're not going to have the bleeding or pressure on your bladder or rectum or pain or some other things that can happen from growth, a large growth of cancer there. You know, it has to be pretty advanced mm -hmm. before you have symptoms. So um, that's why it's so important to keep up with the screening. Mm -hmm. Can men get HPV? Yes, men get HPV. And how is But there's no way of testing as far as the genital area is concerned. So he could be a carrier. Yes. Most of them are carriers and don't know and it. And don't know it. Yes. Oh, my god. There's a little twist to that I'll mention in a minute. Okay. But what's very interesting is I was in my dental office sometime within the last year and saw a brochure for HPV testing. They do some sort of gargle washing of the throat or something like that to screen for HPV in the throat. And they're finding a lot of men with HPV in the throat. So and why? How does that happen? Well, you can guess. <laughs> you can guess. So uh, it's very, it's uh -huh. very interesting that uh -huh. that's that's the one testing can be done. There's no blood test or any other testing that can be. Now, HPV virus also causes another problem, but there are multiple different viral strains. You know, we get new flu shots every year because there's a different strain of the flu virus that's circulating. Uh, and this, the uh, COVID-19 is a different uh, coronavirus than the SARS virus, but they're related. So the HPV has different strains, and some of the strains are not very likely to cause 
cancer, but they can cause genital warts. Now those can cause symptoms. Those are little growths that will appear in the genital area. For women, they can also be, of course, up in the vagina and around the cervix. Um, but for men, of course, more external mm -hmm. uh, most of the time. But you can find that. that those, most of those strains aren't particularly high risk for cervical cancer, um, but there are some strains that still increase your cervical cancer risk. But that's the other thing you'll hear about HPV is genital warts. We kind of, for practical purposes, we kind of think of those as two separate problems. Mm -hmm. So the cervical cancer screening, again, could you tell us what the recommendation is for all of us out there? Okay, so, uh, oh, since, since you used the word us, I'll add something <laughs> to my list of recommendations. First of all, once you hit age 21, you start having pap smears. And if they're normal, every three years. If there's a slight abnormality, maybe, okay, let's double check and repeat in a year. Maybe it's gone away. If it's gotten worse, oh, maybe you need a closer check, maybe you need a biopsy, etc. Anyway, so everything changes as soon as there's an abnormal result. The recommendations change and they're very detailed. But basically, if, if you get normal testing, you do every three year pap smears from ages 21 to 30. Once you hit 30, you can add in, at, you can either keep going every three years or you can add in the HPV co-testing, um, which most doctors are doing. And then if it's normal, then you get a five-year interval, mm -hmm. if, if that's negative, as well as a normal pap smear. Mm -hmm. Now, once you hit 65, yes! are you grinning? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me too. Once you hit 65, yes. uh -huh. it's like, you're yes. done. Uh -huh. <laughs> my doctor told me that last year, and I said, no, really? Yeah. This is my last one? And yeah. it was my last one. Yeah. You had a happy dance? Yeah, that's good. Well, as long as it's normal, of course. Yes, yeah. yeah as long a, yeah. as probably, uh -huh. you know, if you had an abnormal at 64 and you went in at 65 and, and now it's normal, so it's cleared, I would probably, for me, I'd probably do one more. Mm -hmm. You know, just because mm -hmm. you had a recent abnormal. Depends on how mm -hmm. abnormal it was mm -hmm. and what your other past history is and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line also is that it's very reasonable for doctors to talk with their patients about what their risk is and what they think for them is appropriate. These recommendations are based on large population studies. And the, an underlying assumption is a general, uh, that the behaviors are the same throughout the population. They're not. There are people that have only had one partner, and each partner has only had the other partner. You know, they're truly monogamous couples mm -hmm. that still exist. Yes. Yes. And they're probably at pretty minimal risk. Uh-huh. So if somebody misses an appointment, you know, said, oh, I haven't had my pap smear, and it's been an extra year or two, mm -hmm. I say, that's okay, mm -hmm. probably. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Does pregnancy have anything to do with reducing the risk? At all, or no, it's just sexually doesn't change active? It. Just yeah, just being sexually active. active. Uh -huh. yeah. Pregnancy uh -huh. doesn't affect it. And some mm -hmm. people end up with cervical cancer during pregnancy and have to be treated. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, even these more severe abnormal pap smears that need to be biopsied. We try to minimize any of that during pregnancy because the blood flow to the pelvis to give baby lots of oxygen nutrition is so huge. The blood flow that all those tissues there, mm -hmm. it softens the vagina, it softens the cervix and the, the blood flow within the cervix increases. And so if you take a little biopsy, a little pinch bite out of the cervix, it can bleed a lot. Mm -hmm. So we try to minimize any cervical procedures while people are pregnant. But because, again, this is very slowly developing, most of the time things can be delayed until 
after the birth of the baby. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that would interfere with pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is so interesting. Who would think? Who would think? Yeah. Cervical um, cancer screening, so interesting. And, yeah. and, and again, it's just part of a general uh, well woman exam. Yes. And do you provide those here at 3W? Yes, we do. Okay. Yeah. So we'll do a standard well woman exam. If they have ongoing problems like diabetes or high blood pressure, you know, because we see a lot of people that are uninsured, almost half of our mm -hmm. patients are, have no insurance. So I've, I've um, tried to, you know, for instance, I've seen people with type 2 diabetes who have no medication. They ran out. Mm -hmm. So I basically give them a three-month supply. But then mm. resources, information on where to go for primary care, because we're not primary care providers. But um, helping, the, helping people not fall through the cracks is what we are very interested in doing. Um, if it's cervical cancer screening, that's great. The STD testing, you know, those, we just don't want people to fall through the cracks. And we want people to know how to access other services. So we'll give them information on where they can go for reduced cost services, you know, how they work the system to get what they need, uh, at, you know, at something they can afford. Mm -hmm. We, of course, are free, mm -hmm. except for the lab testing. We ask people to cover the cost of the lab. A pap smear is $18.50. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Pretty cheap, huh? That's awesome. Yeah. Now, the, um, the HPV is another, I think it's at $40 or $41. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that's a little more expensive, okay. but still... That's a lot less than a lot of people pay, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. for, for their appointments mm -hmm. and, and labs yeah. and everything. No kidding. Yeah. And then once you, 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 you take uh, the test, mm -hmm. you send it to the labs, how quickly do they get the results of their lab test? Well, we call everybody. We mm -hmm. telephone everybody and make sure they've gotten it. We now have an electronic re medical record so we can send them the copies of the labs mm -hmm. through the patient portal. Um, but we telephone everybody, and it's within a week. Mm -hmm. um, the pap smear, it can take a week to come back. Sometimes there has to be extra examinations of the specimen by pathologists or various testing that the lab does to make sure they can give us the best answer. Some of the testing comes back within 24 to 48 hours, not usually the pap smear, some mm -hmm. of the other testing. Okay. Pap smear, we, we usually tell people within a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they'll get a phone call from us, okay. not just, you know, not just sent a letter or something. Because we want to make sure they understood and that they know that they're supposed to repeat it in mm -hmm. three years, one year, whatever it is, mm -hmm. whatever the recommendation is. Okay. And then let's say uh, one of your patients has a positive. Mm -hmm. Then do you talk to them about talking to their partners? Well, you know, for the, pa for the cervical cancer screening, um, uh, you know, I definitely explain why it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, I don't talk to them about talking to their partners. As, you know, so many times if people come in with have a history of multiple partners, which partner are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Now, if it's chlamydia, it's obviously somebody you saw recently. Mm -hmm. But for this, you have no idea. So that's not really um, something that's useful. But it is, you know, I've seen, uh, I've seen women who only had one partner ever, but that partner had previously had other partners. Oh, yes. And then this woman comes up with, mm -hmm. say, an emerald pap smear. Mm -hmm. And so um, she's at high risk not because of her own behavior, but because of the behavior of her partner that predated their mm -hmm. relationship. Okay. 
So yeah. that's, you know, it's, it's sad. It is very sad. Yeah. Wow. So you don't have any recommendations for sexually active women like... Well, you know, the, the, guys con the condoms aren't perfect. Yes. Um, and the condoms don't perfectly prevent the HPV from passing through. Mm -hmm. um, but um, they would reduce the odds. Mm -hmm. Just like for many STDs, the condoms will reduce the chance of your getting it. They're not a, they're not a perfect solution. And there's lots of micro tears that can happen to condoms. There's lots of yeah, yeah. problems. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Rutherford. We've come to the end of another very exciting discussion about things that we all need to know. Yeah. We just need to know yeah. this. As, as um, young people in uh, their reproductive health um, years to all the way up to, you know, for me, I'm a grandmother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I have got 14-year-old uh, granddaughters, and it's good for me to know Now you can more. go talk to them I because you've been wait. educated. I can't wait. Let's talk about a cervix. So... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again thank you very much and I want to thank you the listening audience for listening to another episode of Wellness Wednesday uh, if you want to know more about 3W just go to our website 3wmedical.org that's 3wmedical.org and while there why not just click on the Wellness Wednesday tab at the top of the menu and sign up for our monthly Wellness Wednesday e-blast I think you would thoroughly enjoy uh, these e-blasts that we send out and uh, we can even ask ask questions ask questions uh, we can get back to you about specifics so once again thank you very much and until next time may you be well